Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Welcome back. I feel like my head is finally starting to get screwed back on straight after what was a solid two weeks of feeling a little bit off kilter, out of sorts, not exactly like myself. I couldn't even really pinpoint the moment when I felt like I went off the rails or why, but I just knew things were not okay. Um, I had some really big like life decisions staring me down and things were really ramping up in a great way with my content writing business. And simultaneously, I was working on the She Built This Woman of the Year contest and an in-person event all at once and all the usual happenings that go along with running businesses, and life. It was a little bit wacky there for a little too long for my liking. Um, One of the things I really loved and probably my number one takeaway from last week she built this event, it it was an in-person event in Milford. Um, It was a a reply from Pubali Chakravorty Campbell, one of our panelists, to how she achieves, quote, balance in life. She said it perfectly. She said, I don't. I don't strive for balance. I strive for smoothing. She said, some weeks are a wild ride as a family member, as a friend, as a mom, as a wife, as a homework buddy. Some weeks are hot and heavy in your marketing or while you're reinventing your website. Some weeks your business is on fire and you're staying up late on deliverables. And some weeks your body is like, rest, get outside, get fresh air, read a book. It's all about what you are focusing on right now in the season that you're in and knowing and trusting that you're doing what you should be, not trying to fill each and every single one of these cups equally at all times as we do often strive for this elusive balance. But she said that that's really like kind of impossible and it can feel like a fool's errand and drive us crazy. So That's what I'm going with. The season that I just came through was a wild ride, and now I'm smoothing it with some easier sailing for the next little bit here. A little more downtime, a little more saying no to offset all of the yeses I just threw around like candy in a parade, and a little more focus inward rather than outward. Smoothing. I like it. It feels a lot, uh, it feels like ease and grace and taking the pressure off of ourselves, doesn't it? Um, Okay, in case this is your first time listening to the She Belt This podcast, welcome. We are so excited that you're here. This Consider this your official fanfare, and I'm not going to be rude and not introduce myself properly. I know you heard who I am in the intro, but once again, I'm Emily Aborn. I'm a content writer and the owner of She Built This, and with both of my endeavors, plus my recently announced branding collaboration view collaborative with Lindsay Taylor, which we shared about on last week's episode. Definitely go back and listen to that one if you missed it. Okay, I digressed. With everything I do, my mission is to help women entrepreneurs come together, share their messages, share their whys, get access to resources and support and cheer one another on. Because I know as well as you do that 
entrepreneurship, being a leader, it can sometimes be a lonely road and you really need a high quality bunch of people surrounding you to bounce ideas off of and reassure you that you're not going crazy and help you get through no matter what season you're in. And so that's really what She Built This is all about. Collaboration, community, visibility, connection, and when it all boils down to it, making owning a business even more fun. That said, I have some news about how She Built This is going to be growing very soon, but as I uh, like to do, I'm going to keep you in suspense for just a little bit longer, and we'll tune back in on that. This month on the podcast and in the group, the focus is on branding and really tapping into what your unique message is as a business. And when I choose the themes for the podcast, you know, they really just sort of are high level themes. They're words to keep in my head. They just sort of help to guide the guests that I choose and the topics I focus on. And I don't really have any sort of like rigid framework. I really allow myself to listen to what feels right as I go through the monthly planning process and who I'm interested in talking to my show. I structure it around those themes. Somewhere recently in my little podcasting journey, I made the decision to stop talking to people that I didn't want to talk to on my show because I kind of fell into this trap where I was taking on people for interviews that I didn't really want to have on my show. Um, I get pitched a lot. I get like probably seven to eight pitches a week. And I used to say yes to a lot of them that I wasn't really that interested in, but I was like, "Eh, okay, this could be fine. But I had a couple of experiences that really finally took the lesson home for me that I'm in the driver's seat and I can intentionally and should intentionally choose my guests. And when I do... I have a whole lot more fun. So two examples that kind of like sealed the deal for me is I had a guest who's, I didn't really even stand behind her message at all, but I agreed to have her on my show anyway. And when I had her on, I remembered exactly why I couldn't stand behind her message. She was the one that pitched me, uh, yet she treated me as though I was the nuisance and like really rushed through the entire interview and then rushed to get off at the end. And I could tell she was just sort of like squeezing me into her day. So that was lesson number one. And then I had a lady who pitched me and I said yes because she sounded interesting enough. But when we were interviewing, she actually didn't even know the name of my show. And the interview was really boring. And her saying, "Uh, what show is this or something along those lines, it kind of like snapped me awake because I was falling asleep. So that was lesson number two. Um, And last but not least, I realized that I just really like to be the one that reaches out and finds people. Like it kind of gives me this charge to reach out to people that I think are going to say no and ask them to be on my show. Um, I like talking to my friends on the podcast or people whose podcasts I binge listen to. I found one this weekend. I found myself knee deep in episodes. I must listen to probably 10 episodes of Julie Brown's uh, This Shit Works podcast. And if you're listening... Julie Brown, you are like my new female entrepreneur crush, so I hope you say yes to being on my show. Um, Anyway, I just like connecting with my guests and like, you know, going back and forth with them, creating rapport before inviting them on and building a relationship. And I also love podcast swapping. So 
overarchingly, I just want my podcast to really fit me. You know, I want it to fit my style, my brand, my personality, because when I do, when I focus on that, then it gives off the vibes that I intend to give off through the show. And in order to do that, I really need to sit down with myself and be honest and think about what I want people to feel when they listen and be really honest and intentional when I'm choosing my guests. I don't want people to feel rushed. I don't want them to feel urgent. I don't want them to feel like they have to hustle, grind, and keep up with all the entrepreneurial things and to-dos on my show. We get plenty of that elsewhere. I want you to feel like you're listening in a, on a fun conversation with two smarty McFarties and laughing from time to time and just hear great stories of people that are like living out their dreams like you and I both strive to do because that is the essence of She Built This. And sometimes I just want to sit down with you, just you and me, and chit chat about life, my dog adventures, what it means to smooth instead of balance. You know, I just like to go my own way, kind of like Fleetwood Mac. In a nutshell, I really love this podcast more than anything, and I just want to have fun with it and keep on loving it. And it took me a little bit too long to realize what I did love about it and how to make sure more of that kept happening. But the key in that was focusing on in on who I had on as guests and just making sure that they were really people that I wanted to have conversations with. So speaking of pitches, or why am I bringing all of this up? Most of the pitches I get from people I don't know tend to be canned, thoughtless, very self-centered. And most of them aren't really candidates that align with the goals I just talked about above. So I'm going to give you some recent examples. Hello, Emily. The She Built This podcast is such an interesting concept. I don't, first of all, <laughs> let's just start that. That wasn't really a compliment. I don't know what that was, but it was not a compliment. It was kind of like some, like, what does that mean? An interesting concept. Do you like it or do you not like it? What does interesting mean? Okay, let me start over. Hello, Emily. The She Built This podcast is such an interesting concept. You know what else is interesting? Insert name of potential guest here. I'm not going to say their name, but really, is that interesting? Like, that's what you came up with. You know what else is interesting? No, sorry. That's a no-go. Okay, here's another one. Hi, I'm interested in being a guest on your show and talking about my new book. Here's what my book is all about. It's all about me, a little bit more about me, a little bit more about me, and oh, a little bit more about me. So I definitely took creative license with that one and filled in some of the words, um, but that's essentially what the pitch was. Okay, one more. Hey, Emily, I think my client so-and-so would make a great guest on your podcast. She loves sharing with audiences about weight loss and other topics that have nothing to do with your podcast, which I would have known if I looked at it for two seconds before sending my email. Catch my drift? <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm like a nerd about this stuff. I love helping people with podcast pitches, and we do a damn good job when we pitch podcasts. But because being a guest on someone else's podcast, it's a really solid form of marketing. It's a great way to increase your visibility. And also, it's an honor. Maybe not everybody is as protective of their podcast or their time as I am, but most of them are. And in my opinion, it's a lot of work to prepare for guests. It's a lot of work to come up with questions. You have to research them. You have to know that they fall into your themes and into your content plan, and you have to like them. So as a podcaster, you want to be sure that the hour you spend with these people is worthwhile. And I believe that if you are using podcast pitching as a marketing tool, you should be focusing on the same. In fact, 
I put together a podcast pitching guide and also help people craft their pitches for this very reason, which I'm going to do a whole episode on this before the year is over. And I have a point to all this story and rambling. So stay tuned. Um, If you want my podcast pitching guide now and you don't want to wait until that episode comes out, you can get it on my personal website, emilyaborn.com. And it's just right at the bottom of the page. But here's the thing. When you nail a pitch, you nail a pitch and it results in great conversations like what happened with today's episode. My guest Katrina Aronson sent me a pitch, but she did it in a very different way. She started by focusing on the fact that she'd heard a few episodes and highlighted something that she liked about my interview style. Then she shared really concise, clear topics that would make a good fit for my audience and showed that she had done her research on who actually listened to my podcast and who my podcast was for. She showed me that her topics were a good fit. And then she went the extra step in which she gets brownie points from my ego. And she said that she subscribed to the show, even if I didn't have her on as a guest. It was really simple, kind, and Honestly, it took all the guesswork out of it for me trying to figure out who she was, what she had to do with my show, what she could bring to the table for my listeners, et cetera, et cetera. So I listened to a couple of her podcast episodes and I checked out her website and her social media pages. And then I said, you know what? Yes, this is perfect. It's going to be a great fit for my branding theme in October. And that's how we met. And that is how today's guest, Katrina Aronson, became a guest. Um, And we're going to get into, like I said, how pitching to podcasts can and should be a part of your marketing strategy. But we also, in today's conversation, we get into just how your marketing strategy as a whole needs to be constructed in this same way. Authentic, genuine, in true service to the people that you're trying to reach in order for it to be successful. Essentially, remember this, when it comes to marketing, it's not about us, it's about the people that we are helping. And we do this while finding the marketing strategy and the branding that works for us. Um, So in this episode, we're also gonna talk about mindset and how it relates to marketing, which I think you're really going to love that angle, and what some of the misconceptions are around marketing in general, failure, fears, and more. A little bit about Katrina. She is a marketing expert and serial entrepreneur who's built several businesses from the ground up by putting a focus on marketing. She helps entrepreneurs to start, grow, and scale their businesses through the lens of marketing, and she's also the host of her own podcast called Through the Marketing Lens. She's owned both brick and mortar and online businesses, and she understands the things to do that work and the strategies that fall flat and why. So I think you're really gonna love this conversation where she shares what you can do starting today to help your business thrive and grow smoothly. Now all you have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Katrina Aronson. Hi, Katrina, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Oh my gosh. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for our conversation. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I always love talking marketing, but kind of like a bigger picture than that, marketing outside the box. So um, I would love to, before we kind of get into everything, I of course read your bio before you joined us, but I'd love to hear in your own words who you are and a little bit about how you got started. Perfect. So I am a marketing and business coach. I call myself a business coach with a major marketing twist. And I like to work with female entrepreneurs who are the face of their business, showing up as the face of their business, 
and want to get their business out there, get seen without expensive advertising or a big overhead, big team. Uh, My story quickly is I left a cushy job in finance, which was terrifying, to follow my dreams of being an entrepreneur. And I've been on this decade, uh, I've been on this journey for about a decade. Uh, Yeah, it's about a decade now. I launched two businesses when I got going, and we leaned a ton on organic marketing to grow my business. And it was very imperfect, I will tell you that, but I fell in love with marketing. And when I really understood what it was all about and the place where I thought I was going to be forever within my two previous businesses, as those kind of grew, um, and by the way, we had a, a lot of overhead in those businesses, I realized I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to really um, focus on marketing. So I completely pivoted. I sold my businesses. Um, and now I teach other women how to do it without the expensive stuff that I had before. Once I realized that success could kind of look a different way, I went on this journey and here I am today. Oh, so I'm super curious. Are you allowed to share what kinds of businesses they were? Um, I also, okay, because I also have a background in a high, uh, a a retail business with very high overhead and lots of marketing expenses before I realized what I really liked. So (laughs) we are kindred spirits. There we go. Because I launched a jewelry line and that was my first business, always with the intention of opening stores. And that is what we did. We opened stores. Um, So we had a retail business as well, which I loved. It was amazing. But as you know, the um, the margins are very small. Uh, We were producing our own things, so it helped. But I mean, we had lots of people on payroll and rent to pay, and it was it was a lot. Yeah. and it feels so good when you can tap into all the strengths that you've been using all along and kind of transform them into something new. You know, like it's not, I think it's important to realize that when we make those pivots, it can feel like a little bit of a failure for a bit because we're like, well, this is what I thought my life plan was going to be for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, But it's just really a nice way to kind of like reinvigorate those skills and use them still and still, and you're still an entrepreneur. So Totally. Um, all right. So, you know, our bios and and the story you just told is kind of like the shiny stuff. It's like all the accomplishments and great things and what you do now. But I would love to hear about a time that you failed. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to be honest with you. I've probably failed about 80% of the time. <laughs> um, that's really what I I think a lot of us entrepreneurs understand that, but truly I believe that about 80% of the time it's just about failure. And I think if I was to tell you like one major failure, it would um, it would be when I closed everything and sold things and moved on. It, it was a very hard decision to make because on paper, someone might say, you guys are doing – Uh, air quotes, great, right? Um, But it didn't feel right anymore. And I felt like I was letting a lot of other people down. Mm -hmm. And that was so incredibly heavy for me. And it was 
you know, I knew for about six months before we did it. So I kind of mourned everything before it happened. Um, And then once I revealed the news to the world, if you will, that we were moving on and things were changing, I didn't tell everyone, hey, I'm going into marketing coaching. I didn't know what the next step was going to be. I knew it was marketing, but I didn't know what it was going to look like yet. And um, so, you know, a million questions come at you. And it's like when you get engaged and everyone's like, oh, amazing. When's your wedding date? You know, and what what colors? Who are your bridesmaids? <laughs> totally, totally. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what kind of cake we're having yet. Like, can I just be in this moment right now? But it was so heavy and you had to kind of tell the story to every single person what happened. And so it really felt like I was letting everyone down, the people that worked with me, the community that really rallied around us as um as a as a store and as a jewelry line. So it was like the online community and the brick and mortar. So when I tell you that like I had so much anxiety around that decision and um, it was tough and it definitely, no matter how I spin the story, it definitely felt like in that moment I was, I was failing a lot of mm-hmm. people. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, So I guess what would you say to somebody like, let's say they're in that position right now where they're kind of trying to make that decision between something they have to let go, but something that they know with their whole heart that they need to move forward to? Um, How would you inspire and encourage them? Your intuition is exactly what you need to do. And it will, there is no way around the pain, but it's so much better on the other side. And if you're doing this for other people, because at the end of the day, that's how I felt. I felt like I was staying in it because I wanted to make sure um, the people that were working for me had a paycheck and everyone else was happy. And I was no longer feeling like I was doing it for me. Uh, If that feels true, then, you know, you need to take the time and the space to do what's right for you. There's no answer. There's no easy. You can't hide from it. But on the other side, it is so much better. I feel like a weight was lifted off of me when I went on this next journey of like, oh yeah, like this, I had to do that so that I could get into the marketing world so that I could do this. Like, of course this was my path, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so important not to judge like, you know, why didn't I discover this sooner? Or why didn't I just start doing this earlier? Because every single step is important and brings us, you know, the experiences. We wouldn't have had those experiences to get us to where we are now. So, um, all right, let's kind of dive into some of the marketing stuff. I'd love to hear what makes you unique in the world Mm -hmm. of marketing, because Mm -hmm. Honestly, marketing is a term that we hear, you know, what, 7,100 times a day. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, not even a real number. So, it's okay. I, I know what that number is. We're on the same page. Um, so, what makes me different is um, I think there's a marketing is such like a buzzword and we hear it all the time. So, if you really boil down what marketing is, it's about connecting with other people, it's about getting seen, but it's also about really understanding what other people need. And what is happening in the online space, really in business in general, is people are throwing money into ads and people are doing things that are 10 steps ahead of where they are today and they don't understand why it's not working and they don't understand why so-and-so is having such a great um, outcome from this, but they haven't actually worked on the organic 
part of their business, the organic part of their marketing. And what I mean by that is specifically content marketing. So this is where I think it's really fun if you're the face of your business, where you can actually show your expertise. So it doesn't matter if you are a brand expert, if you're a marketing person, if you're a florist, if you own a boutique, you have an expertise that you can show to the world and really give us something to get to know you, to get to see why we actually like what it is that you have to offer by not selling us anything, right? So yeah, yep, you are totally speaking my language. <laughs> it's all about just connecting and we we've lost sight of that because all of a sudden everyone's talking about like, I make seven figures and I made this in, in one month. And while look, like I'm I'm a hundred percent money driven. Like I think money is fabulous. It allows us to do so many uh, amazing things that allow us to grow, right? It is our freedom maker. But if you're forgetting the part that like you have to connect in order to sell, then you're skipping over. Um, the most important part of business, right? Um, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I've really actively switched from uh, what people think of as content, so like social media marketing, that kind of thing, to foundational content, which is exactly what you're saying. It's building that like no like and trust factor with yeah. your people, connecting with your people, and not just like you can't just cold sell, you know, it's yeah. like, we're not, we, we're not car salesmen here. So we don't just walk in and be like, okay, what car do you want? Do you want to take it for a test drive? You ready now? You're going to sign now. It's yeah. just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It and like to, works out. Yeah. to jump off of that too, I think like what you said about the car salesman, if you are really in, in tune with, you know, you hear this a million times who your, who your customer is and all of those really basic pieces then content gets really fun because you can start talking about instead of cars, you can start talking about um, specifically like oh, if you're selling a Volvo, why that person's after safety. Or if you're selling a Porsche, you can talk about the sexiness of the car and how fast it drives and really start speaking to them. And and if if you like it, if you get really into, which is really where like I spend a lot of time, right? Like what feels good to you and it, are you showing up where your clients are? And then it gets really fun because you start getting people who are fans, not just followers. Um, and I think we've just gotten lost. We've gotten really obsessed with these vanity metrics. And, um, and so that's where I really kind of believe and differentiate myself, but also like, yeah, you will get to the ads place. I just want to say that like there, this is about scaling. You're going to eventually need to use ads to grow your business, but ads really only amplifies what's working. So mm -hmm. you need things to work first. So take that time to develop a relationship with the people who are watching along with you and then see your business take off. Yeah. So you may have kind of answered this a little bit in, in that question, but, um, you know, with things changing so fast on social media right now, which they are, uh, what is driving you batty out there that you are seeing happening on social media, maybe to entrepreneurs or maybe just in general? Mm, you know, I think generally the obsession with social media is really frustrating with me. Uh, for me, I think, you know, I 
marketing is not social media. And there are people who are experts in social media. And I think they, you know, social media is an incredible platform, but it's not the only platform. And we're forgetting that. And there's like things going on with email right now. And, but this is just how businesses, problems pop up, you deal with the problem, you move on. That's literally what we do in business. So, you know, if we could just for a moment, and I think people who do this are going to be like well ahead of the game too, if you can recognize how else you can show up, not just social media and create other places so that when Instagram announces that they're they're going to focus on something else now, you're not like losing your S-H-I-T um, mm-hmm. because it feels so chaotic when you're just leaning on one platform right? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about those other avenues because I think that's a really great point. Mm -hmm. It's, I think we do get so mired in the platforms, you know, and like evolving to, to meet their expectations and what they're asking of us that we totally lose sight of all of these Mm -hmm. other things available to us. So let's dive into some of those, uh, which ones maybe are your favorite Mm -hmm. and just like help open up people's eyes to the possibility that there is for their marketing efforts. Yeah. So of course there is emails, which I am a full believer in. I mean, I make probably 10 times more off my email list than I do off of social media. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that people are actually like investing time in their email strategy. Then of course there's podcasting. (laughs) Um, Podcasting is an incredible way for you to actually connect with your people And video is queen, right? So we, you know, I know YouTube is like another form of social media, but it is an incredible space for people to get involved in. Um, I'm not really on YouTube. I think that's something that I would love to expand to, but I think I know a lot of people who do very, very well on, um, on YouTube and it's because it's fun for them. So video in general is a great place for you to also kind of play. So for example, um, I'm going a little bit off track here, but it's if we're allowing people to see themselves in this, if you're making a video and it feels good to you, then you get to take that video and kind of cut it up and use it in different places. So you don't need to make 20 different videos. And what a cool thing for you to be able to do, right? So it doesn't have to be this insanely complicated project that you do. But if you create one video for YouTube and then you slice it up for your email list and for your website and for um, for social media, then you, you have so much more content than you did when you were just doing one story on Instagram. You are so special. But on and I would venture to say like say let's say video isn't your favorite thing let's say podcasting is your favorite thing I know for a fact Katrina can go back and listen to this podcast and pull out in an, e- an email a blog a bunch of social media posts for herself so like every single you have to think of it like that like every single thing that we do exactly what you said we can chunk it down into mm-hmm. other like recycle you know like mm-hmm. you don't need to create 20 pieces of content every single day so. no and that's I love what you just said that's what I teach people how to do and 
my built my business is built on this because people don't get it. So if someone can really just sit down and do it themselves, you don't have to pay for someone to teach you how to do this. It is um, your blogs are. I know that a lot of people say to me like, "Is it really something that I should even do anymore?" You guys, like SEO is amazing. So it's really not about blogging because you're going to give the most, you know, that's that's going to be seen by 2 million people. We're so obsessed with going viral that we forget like the purpose of our, the things that we're doing, right? So if you blog, um, let's say that you create a podcast and then like you said, you can slice it down and put the information, which is what my VA does for me, put it into a blog and we use keywords throughout the blog now someone who is searching for whatever that topic is can find my podcast and can find my blog, which will lead them to my website. That can't happen from social media. It's just so, I mean, I suppose it could if you're putting keywords on social media. It's just so much more saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's obviously strategies behind making sure that you stand out online and all that. But it's something we do on a weekly basis. It's doesn't cost an arm and a leg. It's pretty simple for anyone to implement in their own business. Um, anyone can have a blog. There's no barriers to entry there. So it's, you know, it's, um, I think we just have been overcomplicating so much and it's so noisy out there, right? It's so like, you should do this and you should do that. But at the end of the day, what feels good for you so that you can show up as your best self and then take that and slice it into smaller pieces? Yeah. So I'd love to know like kind of how you tangibly work with people. So how do you sit down, help someone to lean into a marketing strategy that works for them personally and not listen to all that shoulda, woulda, you know, what everybody else is telling us that we should be doing? Because there is, like you said, so much of that out there. Yeah. So a lot of it is just kind of listening, right? So I work one-on-one and in groups with people and um, it doesn't really matter what the session is. You can kind of hear what people's fears are, you know, I don't show up on video because of this. And so weaving through and asking the right questions, we might recognize, okay, um, I know it's uncomfortable for you to show up on video. So let's just do a couple of tests together. Let's just see if we can, because it's surprisingly, some of the people who've told me they don't like video end up liking video a lot, right? So you do have to see. Yeah. Um, it's uncomfortable to do anything for the first time. And so when someone says, I've never done it, um, that's kind of a cue. Like, okay, well, we have to try it, right? We can't just say no. So we'll try it. Um, a lot of times people will uh, say something like, oh, like I'd rather be on a podcast, but it's too hard to do. Okay, well, how about we just create a small podcast series, So you'll have five episodes that you show up for. You don't have to do this big, huge thing. And then they fall in love with it. So it really is about just testing and playing. And by the way, that's all what business is. It's just testing and playing and then leaning in to what works. Um, And then building out their strategy becomes pretty simple from there because I have like a roadmap that I would typically use and we'll just tweak it for that individual person. So sometimes people say, Uh, You know, I like showing up on video, but YouTube feels like too much of a commitment. Okay, well, so we'll keep it really simple and we'll create a um, IG series that you're going to show up, not even IG live. 
because for whatever reason, live video is like terrifying to a lot of people. So let's just do stories. Let's do a series and stories. Every Wednesday, you're going to show up with some kind of thing, whether it's like tips or tricks or tutorials or however you want to do it. Um, We'll map that out. And then you show up weekly. And once you kind of create that and that becomes not as big of a deal, you know how to do that. Then we start talking about, okay, how do we slice this into smaller pieces so you are actually found using SEO. Um, You are actually getting your face out there more than just on your videos. So we need to repurpose this intentionally. And we also need to use this to grow your email list. So that becomes the whole roadmap in it. But once you have kind of the big stuff, the smaller stuff is way, way, way more manageable. So we just kind of nail that, that top bit, if you will. And I really love the the roadmap um, depiction because that is really what it is. You know, it's about like starting from the right place mm-hmm. and getting to where you want to go. And so, and, and sometimes people do these things out of order and it can create a little bit of chaos or a mess. So I think like giving people this clear start here, you know, we mm-hmm. do, we build on things as we go is really a lovely way to approach it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really simple, right? I, again, I, what you just said is so true. Um, And I think part of being so obsessed with being simple comes from having a business that was so complicated, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm sure you can understand that as well. Um, That's just, it doesn't have to be as hard as we're making it in business. Uh, If we really understand what our goal is, if we really pay attention to that, okay, I want to get seen that's not really a goal. It's I want to get seen by who in particular and what are you trying to achieve? And once you have that, then you start at the top and you just go like, how do I show up big? And then how do I build out that simple roadmap so that I'm not creating like 10 more hours of work for myself every week? Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't start your business to do marketing. You started your business to do what you love. Yes. Totally. Um, let's talk about some of those other, you, you really, um, you brushed on it when you said that, oh, I don't like to show up on video, but there are some legitimate mindset blocks. I think when it comes to our marketing, the fear of being seen, the fear of being judged, the fear of, I don't know enough, or I'm not enough. Um, so what are some of those mindset things that you see that directly correlate to people's marketing efforts? Yeah. So absolutely. A lot of marketing is mindset, believe it or not. So there's obviously a lot of strategy behind it. Where are you going to show up when? But marketing is really about being okay with the world seeing you. And especially if you are the face of your business, which tends to be who I work with, um, it can be very vulnerable, right? Like you're putting your face on a camera all the time. You're allowing people into your world. And we go into this oh my God, people are going to perceive me a certain way, right? Um, and it's really uncomfortable, absolutely. And it's a natural thing to to kind of um, shy away from that. I definitely did in the beginning of my business too because being in retail, it wasn't about me. It was about all the stuff that we had. So I got to hide behind that. But once I really worked on myself, it's kind of like a crazy notion, but – if you want to get good at being a business owner that shows up as your as the face of your business, really every business owner, but um, 
You need to work on yourself. So this is the mindset stuff. This is the personal development stuff. And to go a little bit into that, um, I, I have lots of meditations that I personally do. And I am a little bit woo-woo, but I will tell you in the beginning, I was like, this stuff is kind of crap. Um, <laughs> it, it's not. It, it absolutely isn't, but I didn't buy into it in the very beginning. And then I just was like, you know what? What do I have to lose, right? So Trust me. I, I'm like what they call woo curious. I'm like in it, but not. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. I know it well. Well, yeah. it is a world that is um, – it's a little bit weird to talk about when people aren't there, right? It's kind of like a religion, if you will. But um, you get to know so much more about yourself. And now I am like meditating every day. I am journaling pretty much every day. It absolutely becomes part of my practice. And I can feel myself when I am out of alignment. If you told me this would be the case, you know, a few years ago, I would be like, you're crazy. That's what are you talking about? But when you embrace that your business will grow as you grow, mm. that's a pretty cool thing to recognize. So of course, marketing is going to be about mindset because you have to be okay with how the world is perceiving you, right? So how do you do that? It is through working on yourself and being completely fine within who you are as a person um, you're not afraid of what other people are going to think of you the same way. It's not like that's going to go away, you know, like that's still in the back of your mind. But those are the moments when you say, okay, I feel weird. I'm going to sit for five minutes and do this meditation and then show up as myself in the integrity of who I am. So that's really the mindset portion is really about being aware of when you feel off and Pushing through that is not, you know, I, I people say like, just do it anyway. And it's such a different, uh, more masculine mentality to say that. Um, how about not just pushing through it and then giving yourself the space to get comfortable? Um, when I say comfortable, I mean like come into a space where you feel a bit more powerful. Like for example, showing up on a podcast yeah. Um, maybe it's uncomfortable for you. It definitely was for me in the beginning of doing all of it. And so instead of just like coming into the podcast, it's taking five minutes and doing breath work and journaling and it shifts a lot of things. It's a pretty cool practice to get into. If, By the way, um, I do have a recommendation if someone's just getting into this or you want to know about it. Gabby Bernstein is kind of what turned me on to all of this. Have you heard of her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reading her books and it really just, it helps. Um, yeah. It helped me a lot and I definitely use it with all my clients too. And I think it goes back to something that you said at the beginning where, you know, you said that the awareness was un really uncomfortable when you knew that you needed to make a change. And sometimes being self-aware is uncomfortable. You're like, okay, there's a lot of terrible things under the surface mm -hmm. that I have to, that I have to face to put myself out there. But even if it is uncomfortable, and, and I think that's sort of like where I lie with the push through it kind of thing. It's like realize it's uncomfortable and then let's kind of like work to expand our comfort zone a little bit so mm -hmm. that we can make those things more comfortable for ourselves. Yeah, I love what you just said. Something just came to mind too. Um, 
you know, being a, a really strong entrepreneur or really just person, right, is ultimately being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Because that's 100%. not – you're not going to ever be totally comfortable if you are an entrepreneur. Like that's just not – and if you are, you're not going to probably grow in the way that you want to, you know, exactly. like, yeah, it's a trait. It's definitely a trade off. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I read on your website that you believe that marketing starts the second we introduce ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I like that, but I want to get kind of your thoughts on it. Like, how do we make that time more impactful when we're connecting with others? And maybe that is in networking events. Maybe that's when people first encounter us online. What does that kind of mean and look like to you? Mm -hmm. So um, let's say you're meeting someone for the very first time in person and um, and you kind of come up and you're a little bit shy and someone asks what it is that you do and you mumble a little bit. That's a very different impression than someone who walks up and confidently stands and says exactly what it is that they do and then invites questions about what it is that they do. And that takes practice. And I think that's what people don't recognize is um, we're not born with confidence, right? Like we are taught to be confident. So when I say it starts that second, we take about three seconds to judge people before we've decided kind of what their story is. So quite literally thinking about when you walk in, getting yourself ready. So going back to that like mindset piece, it's how do you get yourself ready before you walk into a networking event? Do you give yourself a minute to just like breathe and just, okay, like I got this and walking in and being self-assured, it is a little bit of fake it till you make it. Like, I don't know if I love that saying, but um, it, it becomes more natural in time. Because what you're doing is like you're stepping into yourself, right? You're stepping into your badass power or whatever you want to call that. Um, so I really like using um, something called the one-liner, which is more about like telling your story as a business owner instead of just saying when someone says, what do you do? I'm a marketing and business coach. You might say something along the lines of, um, you know, every entrepreneur gets started and they're a little bit – they get to a place where they're they're stuck, and they want to grow their business, but they don't know how to do it without spending a ton of money on ads. So I help women to grow their business without getting without huge overhead costs and advertising. Right. So it's more about like pulling them in. And then if you tell that story, the obvious next thing is, oh, that's so interesting. So what does that look like? And it becomes yeah. a conversation rather than like, you know that awkward thing that happens when people say, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a marketing and business coach. And then they're just like, oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> I know I know of this well. Try selling uh, organic bedding. People looked at me like, what? Can you eat? Can you eat it? Like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Never mind. What do you do? <laughs> totally. Totally. But that's like a perfect example because it doesn't matter what you do, you are – if you're an entrepreneur, you're in love with it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, make us fall in love with it. Make us understand why you do what you do without saying, the reason I do what I do is – right? Yes. So it's, it's allowing those things to feel easier or more comfortable for you and, like, practice it in front of a mirror. I know it's super cheesy, but it works. I mean, use a video camera and – 
and watch yourself back and be uncomfortable and then get better at it. Um, And what kind of propelled me forward in that is I actually watched a video of JFK when he would practice before his speeches. Hmm. And um, it was like this – it just was like it really was interesting to me because that was like, oh wow, he wasn't just that good naturally. I didn't know that. Of course he wasn't. Of course. But we kind of assume that when we see people who are so amazing, we just like, oh, they're just like a natural talent. All of the people who are good at what they do practice and get better and realize how they failed and then analyze. And so it's the same thing when you're marketing yourself for the very first time, whether that's online or um, or in person. It's all, you know, it's about selling yourself, but doing it in the most authentic way that you can. Yeah. Um, all right. If you had like one takeaway that you would hope everybody who listened to this could put into place or 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 feel today, uh, what would that be? I think, I think what I wish I would have told myself or been able to tell myself is that you need to, instead of comparing yourself to someone who is way farther along with you, look at it as a beacon, right? And then build your path to that place. And it's not going to look the same as theirs. And that's what I would love to tell everyone who's listening is instead of kind of duplicating what other people are doing, make your own path and stick to that path because that's where you're going to really see power is how you do it differently. I love that. And you know what? It is like it is so uh it sums up like the theme of of this month on the podcast because it's all about like branding and being yourself. Ooh, I love it. And Isn't it so true how, you know, we can get in this groove and we're like feeling good about doing something and marketing ourselves a certain way. And then you see somebody else and you're like, oh no, you know, you just let it all spiral downward. So I really love that. And literally right now on my desk, my quote for the day is the success of every woman should be the inspiration of another. (gasps) Oh, I love that. I just got the chills. That's so good. I know it's perfect. Yeah. So, all right, this was fun and great. Um, Katrina, why don't you tell us how we can find and connect with you online? Because I'm sure there are people that are going to want to get those resources that you have to offer. Amazing. So actually the roadmap that we were talking about, there's like a free version um, on my website. So if that's something that you're like, oh, I want to know a little bit more about that, just hop over to my website, which is katrinaaronson.com. And I live on Instagram. I'm always on there. I'm always jumping on, just kind of giving the things that come up in my business and other people's businesses as much as I can help. And that's Katrina Aronson underscore consulting. Perfect. And I'll make sure all those links are where they need them in the show notes too. So perfect. All right. Well, this was fabulous and fun. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.